Welcome to VidFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about VidFriends Podcast, you can visit us at www.vidfriends.org. You can also email me at lllpodcast at gmail.com. VidFriends Podcast is sponsored by my Vitiligo team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. So today's show, I have Shazad. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome, awesome. So we're going to get into this conversation soon, but before we get there, officially introduce yourself to our listeners and we'll dig into what we need to talk about. Well, my name is Shazad Games. I am of West Indian um, Caribbean descent. I am 39 years old, and I was diagnosed with vitiligo when I was 29, so I've had it 10 years. Awesome, awesome. And and thank you, Shazad, first of all, for being here and willing to share your story. Um, no and as we know, everybody has a diff- different story, a different journey, so we're going to hear yours, and is, I'm glad that you're here to share it. So let's start. You told You said how long you've had it, for about 10 years. Um, that initial onset, you know, when you first get diagnosed or first notice your spot, it's always, I feel like, a challenge for everyone. What was it like for you in the beginning? Oh, man, Mark, you're taking me way back. But um, let me just be as honest as, as and as transparent as I could possibly be. Um, my ex-girlfriend saw a spot on my back and she was like, I don't, I don't know what that is, but it's like some white spot. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe we'll just leave. I'll just leave it alone and it'll go away. So um, for a year, it lay dormant. And then I had a very stressful episode. Um, I was taking some classes to get my bachelor's in health service administration. And this one uh, healthcare finance class, like it really did it for me. And um, I started to see these white spots appear on different parts of my body. Um you know, obviously, like, I was, like, scared and afraid. Right. Um, I, I showed a friend of mine, and he said, oh, man, I really hope it's not that vitiligo stuff. And um, lo and behold, like, it was vitiligo. So I went to the doctor's office. Um, he took a look at my body under, like, Wood's lamp, like the black light. Right. And um, he said, this is, like, um, this is, like, during the holiday season, like, November, December time. So he said, you know, go home, uh, enjoy the holidays. Don't worry about it. I'm going to send you to a specialist in Manhattan. I said, okay. So he sent me to the specialist. They took um, a skin sample um, out of my arm. They tested it and it came back with no pigment at all. Diagnosis for LIGO. Wow. You know, I find that fascinating because everybody's diagnosis is totally different. Like, I didn't get the wood lamp or anything, wood's lamp. I I didn't get any of that. I didn't even get, um, matter of fact, he didn't even really look at me. Um, Mm. When I went in, the dermatologist came in, he sat down across the room, wrote down some notes, left out the room, came back, pamphlet, prescription, you have vitiligo, have a wonderful day. That's how it was. And that was that was the mid 1990s. Um, so it was I don't know if 
back then the technology was different to determine or detect um, vitiligo, but it was kind of a, wow, what just happened? You know, Mm -hmm. I would have rather gone through some of the other steps to really get diagnosed. And I think some people that are older may feel the same way because it may, it may make you feel a little more comfortable. Okay. I see what this is. But when you get a dermatologist that is very cold, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard sell. You sit in the car and it's just kind of like, wow, what happens next? You know, mm-hmm. and even the comment that you said the gentleman made, oh, no, is that, you know, that vitiligo. Like, I think the lack of knowledge hurts us a lot because people think that vitiligo is going to kill us. It's going to hurt us. And it's not the vitiligo that's going to do the damage. It's the stress. It's the um, depression and everything else that could come along with that vitiligo that can do the worst damage. Um, and real quick, you talked about um, being stressed. And some of that discussion we've had is emotions and stress is the key factor. Do you kind of feel that same way or, or do you think it's some other traumatic um, impact? Absolutely. I felt like if my if I had not reached that peak stress level, probably wouldn't have vitiligo today. Gotcha. Um, my spots would not have spread. Maybe that one little spot like be there, but um, my stress would not have like exacerbated it. But it did, you know. Right. Um, to tell someone to live a stress free life is impossible. It's impossible. Not unless you live. <laughs> not unless you live in Japan or you know you're up in the mountains, you know. With, uh, with the swamis and uh, the monks and, right. <laughs> and you're super peaceful 24-7. Like, it, it's just not practical. Right, it's just right. not practical. Um, but be that as it may, um, you know, we must persevere at the end of the day and, uh, you know, wake up with a positive attitude, put a smi- smile on our faces and go out there every day and say it's going to be a great day. Um, Absolutely. I feel like it's so important. Um, I feel like as far as like the stigma that's attached to vitiligo goes, uh, it's just so negative. And if we were to all think, well, you know, if people were to accept it or accept us for the way we are and not judge us, like you'd be good all the time. You know, you take your shirt off, you go to the beach, like you just wouldn't worry because people don't care. You know what I mean? And there's, there's a comfort that's attached to it when people are just accepting of who you are. But we are our biggest critics, unfortunately. I'm glad you said that because I think about my own journey. I was the one criticizing myself. I was the one keeping myself from doing things that I wanted to do, like going to the beach or the pool and taking off the shirt and all that. And I'm realizing in my journey now that I work with kids. They don't care. They really don't care. Um, If we're going to the pool, we're going to the pool. If we're going on a field trip, they don't care if I wear shorts. They see my spots. You know, they're not they're not looking at my spots. They're looking at who I am as a person and how I treat them. That's what matters, you know. And I think we, especially as adults, we've got to have the same mindset. It's not what we look like on the outside. It's who we are on the inside that's going to matter in the long run. But it's a process. I get it. It is a process for us to get there. Um. Let me ask you this. Uh, what was the impact? Okay, so you developed vitiligo. Um, 
was there any impact on some of your personal relationships and or professional? Because I, I know professionally we do have that challenge at times. So I was with a young lady at the time and she watched my skin change. She's watched more spots pop up on my body. Right. And um, I remember this one day in particular, she said, oh, my God, what's happening to you? And I was like, you know, like, I don't know. And she said, it scares me. Mm. So when she said that, um, I just felt like that was a very selfish thing to say. I was like, she was thinking more of herself than of me. And, um, you know, she really, she really wasn't very supportive. Um, and she showed her true colors. Right. And um, maybe it took me having vitiligo to see like the truth of her. Um, and that was a real eye opener for me. So when I was first diagnosed, um, I would always say um, I'm two colors, but now I get a chance to see people's true colors. Right. right. Um, and, and that stuck with me for a long time. So yes, it did affect my relationship um, with this young lady. And when I went, met my wife, well, who was, you know, like, well, it's, it was a girl that I dated. Um, I told her on the phone, um, I don't know if you noticed, but the last time I saw you, you know, I had some spots on my hands. I have the Lego. She got very upset. She was like, I don't care about that. All <laughs> I care about is the way you treat me. Right. So, and, you know, that's important. That's, that's very important. Um, I think we focus so much on, the outside of what we look like. But if somebody's going to love you and care for you, they're going to look past that. They're going to look at how you, like you said, like she said, how you treated her. That's what matter, you know. Um, and how we treat ourselves, because we we are hard on ourselves. We look in that mirror and go, oh man, I can't stand this. This looks ugly. This is that, this and that. And it's easy to say that about ourselves instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to be the best me I can be today. And focus on that, not our skin. Vitiligo is here, you know. Um, do I wish I can get rid of it? Yeah, there's some days I do. I'm like, I don't want this. I didn't ask for it. But I have it, so I'm going to live my life with it. No, correction. It's going to live with me. I got to live my life, and I have it, so it's got to go on my journey, you know. Hmm. And for so long, I was doing the opposite. Mm -hmm. Vitiligo was determining what I could and could not do. And who I could and could not be around, you know, and I, and I had to change that mindset. Relationships are hard for some people, but I often realize that if you find the right person that cares about you and value who you are as a person, they're going to be there. The others, maybe they shouldn't have been there in the beginning, you know, and, and, and you hate to think that way, but vitiligo will determine that for a lot of people. Some people can't deal with it. They fear it because of lack of understanding. Um, and I think they, like you said, they are selfish. They think more about their impact instead of you. So I'm glad you found somebody that love you for you and not focus on vitiligo. And so many people are looking for that, you know? Um, yeah. They, they want that relationship. I think in our community, it's not easy. No, no um, it's not. Uh, this is men and women alike. I think as far as we're concerned, us men, um, 
we wear it like a badge of honor. You know, um, we step out there every day and we have to be courageous. And I just right. feel like we have to be a little bit stronger than everyone else or, or every other man out there. Um, as far as the ladies go, um, I, I've seen a lot of uh, ladies with vitiligo in the community who are very confident, you right. know, um, especially those who are universalists, you know, right. like all one color. Right. Um, those who are have spots here and there, darker pigment and, and skin tone, even ladies with like the lighter skin tone, um, a bit insecure, maybe at times. And um, it, it hurts for me to see that. Yeah. Because we're all in the same boat together. Um, we have the same condition and, you know, we're going different destinations. You know what I mean? We go in different places because, you know, when we, when we gather together for something like a conference, and that's over. We go back home. We go back home to our lives and our families. Some people, some of us go home to nothing. Right. To being alone again. Right. And uh, it's like, how do you get out of that rut? How do you stay positive and um, keep the ship afloat? Is yeah. Question. It, it is hard. It, it's a journey. And that I think that's one of self-discovery to figure out how do I get back out there and date? How do I get out there and show people that this is who I am beyond what I look like? Um, and, and be confident that confidence is hard. Cause there, there are days I can be very confident. I'm good. But then there are certain days I can be confident until I walk outside. Mm. And I'm like, Oh man, why did I put on these shorts today? Why, you know, but then I, I also think, though, once I'm out here and I feel that way, I still have to push through. I have to persevere. I have to say, whatever I'm going to do now, I'm not turning back home to change. I'm going to do it. You know, um, one of the things I stopped doing, I, I used to wear, like, with my sneakers, wearing my socks to cover my ankles because I didn't want people to see, you know, my legs fine. But then you get to the ankles, they're all white. And just recently at the conference, I said, you know what? I'm going to wear my sneakers with no socks. I'm going to rock it just like that. Um, I'm still not ready to show off my all white feet, but I'm getting there where I'm showing a little bit more. Um, and that, those are baby steps, you know, and it's different for every person where somebody else may say, you know, I'm going to wear my sandals. I don't care what people think. And for me, it's not even about the people. It's about me, you know, because I'm still losing color on my feet. And I'm like, I don't have much more color left but I'm losing more and that's where it's disappearing from. Um, but in terms of like your professional life, uh, has it ever impacted your jobs or how people received you at work? Absolutely. So when I was first diagnosed with vitiligo uh, and my coworkers started noticing my spots, spots on my hand, what, ha what have you, um, I, I overheard one of my coworkers saying, Oh man! Oh, I know what that is. That's that Michael Jackson I, disease. I knew and you it hit me, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And you know what? Maybe I'm like Michael Jackson now. I have a, a Michael Jackson glove. My white right. hand. I call it a Michael Jackson glove. <laughs> I have two of them. But um, she said that, and that it really knocked me down. Right. It really knocked me down, and um, I kept looking at my hands because, like, like I kept like noticing them, like progressively, like get worse and change. Right. And um, one of my 
one of my friends with Vitiligo in New York, her name is Honey. We talk a lot. She's probably like my mom's age. Um, she said, you know, Shaz, stop looking at your hands. Why yeah. are you staring at your hands? Stop looking at it. And then I stopped looking at it. She gave me like some advice and um, I've been able to persevere. But now I see my skin as like fashion, like yeah. a design. And I see it as like really beautiful. So what I'll do sometimes is like I'll wear outfits that complement my skin. Right. Like I'll wear shorts with like the camouflage and like a black T-shirt with like the black sneakers. And, you know, like when I step out and I go places like if I'm hanging out in the village, West 4th in Manhattan, you know, people will see that. It's like, you know, a lot of artsy people out there. So they'll right. they'll see, you know, my fit and say, oh, wow, you know, I see what you did there. You know, right. like your, your skin matches with your, with your clothes and stuff, you know, make it fashionable. Uh, why not? Why not have a little fun with it? Right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned the camouflage. That's what I do. I like to buy camouflage shorts. And I said, man, I need to get me some more because it matches my skin. You know, I feel like if my skin is camouflage. Why can't I rock a camouflage? Some camouflage shorts with the purple shirt and sneakers and all that. So and and, and I and I say we can have fun with this. You know, yeah, um, yeah. once you're able to get over that, that the rocky start, that little up and down roller coaster ride. Once you get to the, the top of it, you just know, let me keep riding this ride uphill and have fun. Enjoy it, you know. Um, professionally for myself, I, I've had some challenges where, you know, I, I've gone on job interviews and the person looked at my hand and, you know, I was going to teach art and the lady looked at my hands and the look on her face is like, she saw a ghost. I was like, you know what, this is not going to work out well. Cause right there instantly it, it messed up my self-esteem and I had to, I, I left, I was just like, this is not going to work, you know, and to get myself together. But in the school system, I have received so much love from colleagues and from students, you know, and I know sometimes we hear the worst case scenario, the students, oh, they bully each other. The students, they are so mean to each other. And I'm thinking, I haven't had that experience. Have I heard the comments? Yeah. Your skin looks like a cow. Have you been burned? You know, is that cancer? Is it this? I've heard that from students. But once I talk to them and say, what I have is vitiligo and I explain what it is, they love me. And I'm like, wow. You know, our students are so loving. I got to love me, too. You know, I can't just let them love on me. I got to love on me, too. And I had a colleague stop me one day. And she helped me out a lot. She stopped me in the mm. hall. She said, Mark, stop looking. Like you said, looking at your hands. Stop looking at your skin. She said, we don't see your skin. We acknowledge it, but we don't see it. We see who you are as a person. And that's what matters. And I'm like, okay, Miss B. All right. All right. All right. Her, her name, last name is Bolsheman, so I'm giving her a shout-out. Miss Bolsheman, um, we call her Miss B, and all the kids thought we were married at one time. And I'm like, no, just like my big sister, you know. But she really helped me out with acknowledging that it's not about my skin. It's about who I am as a person. And um, and, and it, it really helped me. So, and I'm hoping somebody that's listening to this recognizes that also, you know, whether they're in a relationship or at work. It's not about your skin. It's about who you are, your character, and all that stuff that makes who you are as a person, a human being on this planet. Um, let me ask you this. Um, so your background is Caribbean, correct? Correct. Um, have you had any conversations or experiences, you know, maybe with family members or anyone in the Caribbean 
in terms of your vitiligo? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, to be honest, they don't care about it. You know why? Because Caribbean people are very laid back. Right. They're very, very laid back. They're not critical. Um, you know, when I first met uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, and her family, they never asked me about it. They never commented. And um, just to backtrack a little bit back to um, my work life and what that oh, yeah. one person said afterwards, I'm saying I didn't hear anything. And I don't hear anything from any of my colleagues and coworkers. Um, I'm a radiology manager, so um, I'm right. a leader um, of radiology at the hospital. And um, no one has anything to say about it. I carry myself with a lot of confidence. Um, I'm well-spoken. Um, I go and come as I please. And um, I, I walk to the beat of my own drum. Absolutely, absolutely. And I am, and I am um, unapologetically 100% me. It can't be anybody else. Absolutely. And, and that's what matters. You have to be who you are as a person. You have to be you. And um, you cannot. Yeah. Go you ahead. You can't sir. let your skin. You cannot allow the way your skin looks to change who you are. Once Absolutely. it starts to take away from your being and your personality, and then you want to stay inside and used to be this fun person, and now you're a shell of a person. It's really done something. Uh, terrible to you you know it's taken away from who you are so absolutely and and as i'm hoping that somebody listening whether they're young person or older person somebody has had it for years or somebody newly diagnosed two percent depigmentation or a hundred percent listen to these words because it's very important you know you are more than what you look like on the outside you are vitiligo does not stop you from living at all it may change the way you see the world or the world sees you, but you still live your life. That's what's important, you know? Um, let me ask you about the conference. Let's go to the conference. So was that your, mm-hmm. well, have you been to a conference before? Was that your first or you've been to a few others? I have been to many. My first okay. was when I was first diagnosed in New York City. Uh, it was hosted by um, Vit Friends, shout out to Vit Friends. And, um, that's really when I got my start and uh, it started the road to healing. Um, I had a lot of questions. So when I right. went to the conference, I came with lots of information. There's something called like climatotherapy where you can go to like the Dead Sea. And I guess like the rays that are emitted from the sun is like the natural form of narrow band UVB. And you can get like, you know, some form of repigmentation. Uh, there's like all different types of medications. So I went with all of that information and um, it was like looking for a cure. Right. Um, and uh, I met so many people with vitiligo at a point I said to myself, you know what, if I didn't have vitiligo, I wouldn't have met so many amazing people. Absolutely. So in a lot of ways, it's like a gift in disguise. Absolutely. Um. I wish I would have known more about the conferences. Um, I'm pretty much new to it. This was my second in-person. I did two virtual because of the pandemic. Um, Before that, I didn't know anything about the communities. I didn't know anything about the conferences. So I'm I'm still a newbie to all this. Um, But I'm enjoying the conferences, getting to know people. Um, and, And really, 
I don't care what group you're affiliated with. We all have the same condition. I'm looking at the individual. Hey, how's it going? Getting to know this person here, there. And honestly, most of the people I had an opportunity to speak to or know, I've only seen them on the screen because I have them on my podcast. And I'm like, man, I want to see these people in person. Like, And it, it was surreal because when we had it in Minnesota, I'm going, wow, this is you. You're a real person. You're tall. And, you know, it was, it, to me, it was more exciting because I got the chance to actually meet people. Because when I came mm. in 2019, I'm like, yes, ready to go, having fun, going to meet people. Pandemic hit. Nope, sitting at home. <laughs> so uh, having that opportunity to really interact with um, everyone was a blessing as well. And I really enjoyed it. And I look forward to, you know, the next conference, um, meeting new people. Because, you know, I've seen people on Facebook. I don't know them. I'm getting to know them, uh, I, you know, to meet them in person. I'm like, hey, do I, do I know you? We never met, but I've seen them on Facebook, you know. Mm. Um, but it's good to see people in person, to actually talk to them, to see that, hey, we have the same condition. We are real people, but we're people, we're family, you know. So it's been great. Yeah. Um, if you had an opportunity to meet somebody new in the community, I like, what would you say to them about the conferences to get them interested? I would say it's a good opportunity to meet people a lot like yourself, right? As far as Vitiligo goes, we're all on the same journey, okay? Um, it might be different some compared to others, right? The right. highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, and the amount of spots one person might have compared to another. Um, but I would say get out there and meet you with the Lego brothers and sisters and connect um, because you never know uh, there may be a day where you're stronger than the next person. Right. And they need you opposed to you needing them. Right. Absolutely. You said something that was interesting, you know, no matter, you know, how many spots you have. Um, I do want us as a community to not focus on how much vitiligo because we do that at times we you know we look at how much a person has and say this person has vitiligo but you don't have a lot you don't have enough doesn't matter we're all in the same community you know even if i i'm segmental and i got a one little spot over here i still have vitiligo it's unknown we don't know what it's gonna do you know but let's still embrace people on their journey love them for who they are and not focus on how little or how much we're still one big family you know um, I agree. So let's talk about your journey. We'll get into a few more things before we close out. How has your journey changed from the first time you were diagnosed to where you are today? So I was all about treatment at first. And um, I did phototherapy. Um, I put a, a, an ointment on my body. It's called clobetazole. And I also used um, protopic. So my skin repigmented a lot. Like the color started coming back in my hands. Um, when it was pretty active um, and it spread like to a good portion of my body, my body um, became repigmented. The, the only downside was the fact that with phototherapy, you don't know how much light therapy you need. Right. And I burned badly. Like 
there were days where my skin was red like a lobster. Oh, wow. And I couldn't even lay down on the bed. And I'm like, man, I got to go back tomorrow and do this again. I was like, this is painful. But it did work. It did work. Um, much of my skin had repigmented. And then the year I got married, um, that same year, I decided to go to uh, Morocco. And I went there for 10 days. And I had a great time with a good buddy of mine. And coming back, I got really sick. Mm. And it weakened my immune system, I felt. And I saw, like, spots spreading again. Right. So it lay dormant for... I'm saying that was repigmented for like a good three years. Oh, you know, I started doing, I started drinking like green juice and I uh, started sleeping more and exercising and all of those things really helped. I worked with like a homeopathic doctor in Manhattan. I had like a big spot on my head and he gave me all of these tinctures and uh, herbal medicines to take. And like those crazy spots like went away thanks wow. to that guy. It's like he was helping to balance out my immune system. But, you know, after I came back from Morocco and the spots started spreading again, not so long after that happened, um, I had like a trip planned to Jamaica and I looked at my chest and I'm like seeing more spots and I'm like, man, it's coming for me. Wow. Wow. But you know what? I'm just going to live my best life. I am not going to do anything about it. And um, I'm just going to go on vacation and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, uh, that's kind of like my stance now, as far as my journey goes. So I went from depigmenting to repigmenting. Now it's like depigmenting again. Both of my hands are white. Both of my feet are white. Um, the pot the spots are pretty widespread all over my body. I believe I have, um, vitiligo vulgaris where okay. it's not so much like on your face, but right. it's kind of like spread out throughout the body. And um, I'm okay with it. Um, yeah. If they were, if if they came out with a cure tomorrow, if I knew that there weren't going to be any side effects, I would do it. Yeah, I would do it. Yeah, I, I'm in a. You know, I, I think about that. Uh, like, I don't have much of my face either. You know, as, as you probably can say, see, you know, I have in the corner of my mouth, a spot on my neck it hasn't changed in 25 years. Been the same size. And I'm okay with that, but then when it comes to my body, it's spotted, you know. And not only do I have the big spots, I have the the confetti. So I have a lot of little spots. Some have merged, some have gone away, and it's weird, you know. I I, I guess a part of me is fascinated with vitiligo from a science point of view because I look at it and I'm looking at it like, wow, there was a spot there once upon a time, now it's gone. Then I look on my other side of the body. Oh, there it is. Maybe that spot went over there. You know, it doesn't it doesn't impact me in a negative way like it used to. Now I think I'm more fascinated. I'm watching, but I'm not watching to see how much spread. Like I have what I call a bunny rabbit on my hand. You know, I can show you on the mm. camera. I watch that bunny rabbit and I'm like, wow, mm. his face is getting fatter. <laughs> so that means <laughs> I, it, it's spreading a little bit more on my hands, my feet. Really, they my feet have been gosh, they've been itching on the top, and I keep looking, I'm like, there's those spots, you know. But it is what it is, you know. I'm gonna live my life, I'm gonna enjoy my life, I'm not going to let it stop me. Um, 
I went to Disney for the first time last year. I had the time of my life. I did not care. Um, yes, my, my legs were out, short sleeves, it was hot. Um, one of the great things, though, uh, and I went with a, a good friend of mine, one of the great things, we got a pass. The fast pass, or whatever you call it, we didn't have to stand in lines, you know. Um, so there were some perks to having vitiligo in the park. But I guess my biggest thing was showing other people, we live our lives. You know, we're going to do the same things you do. We're normal people. We just look different. That's all. And there are a lot of people out there that look different, but they're still people, you know. So, yeah. it, you know, and, and for, in terms of a treatment, I, I, I would not do a treatment. You know, I used the cream, didn't work for me. I won't do a treatment. But yes, if there's a cure, sure. I would like to have one skin tone. Uh, right now, I've got multiple skin tones. You know, I have a birthmark that's really dark. I got my regular color. Then I got the tan from the summer. Now I got the white spots. Then I have red. <laughs> like, choose a color. Wh- which one do I want to be? You know, and it's life. Yeah. It, it is what it is, but it doesn't. Once again, it doesn't change who we are as individuals, you know. Um, so you talked about treatment, so we really don't have to dig into that. Um, so I agree, I appreciate you talking about treatment. Um, let's talk real quick and then we'll get to wrapping things up. Uh, what are some coping mechanisms or skills that you could share that can help somebody out there that's struggling with their vitiligo? Um, so uh, we could do like a scenario. Uh, so when I go into a grocery store, I go into a department store, I just focus on what I have to get. I do not look around to see who's watching me. Right. I think when you do that, it's just like, oh, my God, you know, everybody's watching me. So right. you, you have to remove that thought from your head. Everybody's watching me. Just throw it out. Right. You go in there and you look around and you know what? Just say, I'm watching everybody instead of everybody watching me. So that's maybe two ways you can cope with it. You just go in, you don't look at anyone, you do what you have to do, you get what you have to get. And when you have what you need, just look around and say to yourself, you know what? I cannot be defeated. Right. And I can't lose. And no one's going to prevent me from going into the supermarket or going into uh, the store to buy something. Um, I am me. I have spots and I'm not going to let anybody uh, break my stride or right. slow me down. Absolutely. Um, one of the things I do to help me out, I'll go to restaurants all the time by myself, whether it's after work or it might be a Saturday. I'm going to get up, go to a restaurant to eat. I don't want people to see that. We're normal. We eat food. You know, I'm going to go to a restaurant. If I'm hungry, I'm going to go and or I'll go to movies or whatever, because I feel like I'm, I'm not going to keep altering my life and stop me from doing things I want to do. If I want to go to movies, I'm going to go to movies, you know. Um, the, the weirdest part about going to a restaurant um, the past few months is when the Opsalora commercial would come on. Mm. And people recognize the commercial. They see the commercial and people will look at me. And and I did catch the eye of a gentleman who he turned and looked at me. And I just kind of looked at him and nodded my head like, yes, yes, you don't even have to ask. And he just smiled. I, and I think it was one of those things of 
oh, he has that same condition as the guy on the um, on the commercial. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But it didn't stop me. You know, it didn't make me feel any type of way, you know, where I had to leave the restaurant. Years passed, I would have felt some type of way. Mm. Um, but, you know, you got to leave those feelings in the past. You know, enjoy. Enjoy life. Enjoy that moment. You go in a restaurant, you go to Target, you go wherever you're going, you go to the mall. Be confident. You're going there for a purpose. You know, if you're going to shop, go shop. If you're going somewhere to work out, go work out. You know, just be... I think be intentional what you're going to do and don't worry about other people. People are always going to stare, whether you have vitiligo or not. People are going to look at you. They're going to find something either right with you or wrong, you know, and, and don't worry about what others are thinking. They're not living your life. When you walk out of that store, they're not going with you. Absolutely. And you know what? I think you said it best when you said it's important to take baby steps like yes. with your uh, your socks and your shoes and stuff like that, and you decide to take the socks off and just wear your shoe. Your ankle, um, your steps is really where it's at. So um, I guess it's easier said than done, right? Um, when you yeah. you could you can go to the gym and wear sweats and like long sleeve shirt, um, but I guess if that's where your comfort level is, that's fine. Right. But um, you know what? Every time you go, maybe you push the envelope a little bit. Maybe you pull up one sleeve, and then you pull up the other, right. and then <laughs> and then you wear the t-shirt the next time you go. So, however you got to do it, um, do it accordingly. Yeah. Right, right. You you have to do it the way you need to. Um, and and sometimes as a community, we do get very aggressive and tell people. You got to love that skin, love that skin, love that skin. You got to get out there and do. No, let's be gentle with people because sometimes we're not ready. You push somebody over the edge. It, it's on you. You know, do it with some love. You know, when you're ready, my brother, sister, I'll walk with you. If you need somebody to be there with you, I got you. You need somebody to talk to, I got you. Because if you do it with the wrong intentions, you're going to get the wrong results. And we don't want that to happen to anybody in our community, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's just people, you know. Um, so, sir, this has been a wonderful conversation. I'm glad you came on. I, I really appreciate it. So what I always do is ask my guests to leave the listeners with words of encouragement, uh, whatever comes to your heart, and then I'll wrap things up. Love yourself. Um, just take your vitiligo one day at a time. Every day is not going to be, you know, sunshines and rainbows um it might be tough but just remember there is support and there are others in the world living with vitiligo so you're never alone peace and love always absolutely i like that we're not alone see michael jackson knew what he was talking about when he made that song you're not alone hey we got people here you know i'm with you and all that good stuff And, and and it is important for us to have this community um not just talking about vit friends, but talking about the entire vitiligo community. It's important for us to have um, access to listening to people, to talking to people, to you know, if you need that hug and or just need somebody to say, "I understand, I got you." You know, that conference. That's what it's all about. You know. Mm. Um, so, Shazad, I thank you again for coming on. Um, no problem. I greatly appreciate this conversation. Uh, I think this was a conversation I needed after a long day of work. No, now I feel energized. <laughs> yeah, I was a little awesome, tired at I'm first. 
I was a little tired at first. I was like, man, just got off work. But no, we're going to talk. That's what I told you. No, we're going to still talk. I need this conversation. Um, but for our listeners, you know, I thank you for tuning in and listening in. Um, and I hope that somebody out there, regardless of where you are in the world, you hear this conversation and you feel empowered by it. And to know that people do love you and care for you. Um, don't let vitiligo determine what you want to do in life. You make that choice and that decision and you follow that instinct and whatever path you're on, take people with you that are going to support you. You know, that is really what's important. All right. For our listeners, you have been listening to living life and love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. As I usually end things, I want you to know, you know, love is so important. Loving others, whether it's your colleague, whether it's your friend, your loved one, your spouse, your siblings, you know, extended family, your enemy. Yes, I know it's hard to love our enemies, but you need to love them too. They need some love. But most of all, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love you because we don't do enough of it. Once again, you've been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. And remember, vitiligo is not contagious. Love is. Y'all take care. Thank you for listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. BitFriends podcast can be listened to on Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Facebook. Once again, BitFriends podcasts are sponsored by my Vitiligo team.